Welcome to The Artistry. My name is Canary T. Robot, and this is The Artistry Asks A, and today we're asking a YouTuber, a really now, uh, actually a, a friend and a YouTuber who has actually prog- progressed quite quickly. Um, uh, Nick, do you want to talk about yourself, uh, introduce yourself? Uh, sure thing. Uh, thank you. I am <laughs> Nick Nocturne, host and creator of the Nightmon channel on YouTube. I've been doing this for a little bit over a year now, just getting into uh, my season for the first time doing full-time of October, and uh, just having a ball with it. (laughs) Congratulations, by the way, on uh, becoming full-time. That's quite amazing. Thank you. It's it's been a dream for a while, and it's it's nice to finally have that. Now, um, what got you into YouTube, or what made you want to decide to start a YouTube channel? I've always wanted to do something with uh, digital media uh, creatively, and more specifically to have it be an independent, self-sufficient kind of thing, where you can go ahead and you can make what you want to make while also living off of that. When it comes to YouTube, what I've noticed about YouTube over the past few years, and quite specifically around the time that drove me to go ahead and make the Nightmind channel, is that while there is creative media on there, there is kind of a dearth of coverage for it and something to kind of amplify it while also talking about things that nobody else is really talking about that's in the same tier of popularity as other things that aren't getting coverage. What I saw was an opportunity to step in and really help out a field that did not have anybody really speaking for it or trying to champion it. So what I did was I started with Marble Hornets Explained as I saw that even though Marble Hornets was a big deal, nobody had really gone in there and tried to do YouTube coverage on it, like like so many do with games or, or movies. And I felt that web series, and, and specifically what Marble Hornets had achieved, had that kind of pull and had that kind of strength as a creative media that it required, well, almost needed somebody to go ahead and give it that push to that assertion that this is an art form. So (laughs) I took the gargantuan task of trying to dissect Marble Hornets and explain it uh, upon myself, and it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah, yeah, um, that Marble Hornets video became big. Did you contribute anything to getting it bigger? Like, did you market it in any way, or...? Was it uh, just a fluke? How did that happen? I think it was really just trying to come out the gate as strongly as I could with as much professional look as I could. I I had taken a look at the YouTube field for quite a while, and I knew what appeared professional and what did not. And when when you start out, no no one's a pure professional starting out because you have so much to learn. But what you can learn before you get into something already gives you an advantage in in what you're trying to do. So looking at the way that people presented their titles, their title cards, the videos themselves, the tricks that they use in order to make higher quality uploads to try and make that 
professional on YouTube sort of deal happen is what I studied and what I tried to get across. And I think it also just helped that it was something that hadn't been done before. Typically, when you do something that is missing, a lot of people do check that out. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit of a mix of being prepared, trying to enter on, on a level playing field with professionals who had already made it on YouTube, while also providing something that had not been provided before. Can you give examples of uh, ways that you made it look more professional or, um, I mean, it, like, because uh, it, it, the video, uh, Marble Homerance, does look like someone who's been doing YouTube for years. Uh, what, like, what things have you noticed that com would make a video look more professional? Title cards matter. One, one of the things that I think people don't quite understand when they're getting into YouTube there is the old adage of never judge a book by its cover. And while that's true, judging things by their covers or the promotional materials is exactly how we gauge whether or not we're interested in something and whether or not that's a professional product. For instance, if you walk into a bookstore, you can almost certainly pick out books that have been self-published. Like somebody went ahead and they printed something out on lynda.com and they somehow got it into their local bookstore through a deal. You can discern which of those books were made by somebody who submitted the designs themselves and had no experience in graphic design versus professional public, uh, publishing houses. The same deal goes for YouTube. You can take a look at who has really studied what they're doing with just their title cards, presentation, graphic design rules, overall aesthetic appeal versus those who grab an image that seems to be relevant to the media that they're covering and then throw a specific kind of title on it. What you want to do is you want to present as professional an appeal as possible with as much knowledge of pure graphic design and proven skill that you have while also going ahead and presenting something that is as close-knit to the media that you're presenting as possible. Hmm. Now, uh, did you go to school to learn this, or did you uh, were you self-taught? Um... I'm actually self-taught on everything that I've done. It's just that when, when it comes to self-teaching, the material is out there, and a lot of the material is stuff that you don't even have to read or watch videos on. You just have to study, specifically for graphic design things. There's the rule of thirds. And the rule of thirds is such a strong, inherent thing in the human psyche that you'll pick up on it when you're looking at things. It's a natural kind of reaction to want to put things into an orderly fashion of the rule of thirds, high and low, center balancing. Balancing is a huge thing, is that people always want to have something nice and balanced, nice and clean when it comes to their design. So even even beyond just reading up on things or watching videos, it comes to the point of just studying how things look and seeing the similarities between what works and what appeals to you and what doesn't. And when you can spot the differences, that's when you really learn something about what you're looking at. Now, uh, what materials or uh, what tools do you use to create these videos? Um, uh, do you use like... Uh, uh, Photoshop or uh, what kind of mic do you use? Anything about your materials or? 
I do use Photoshop. I use all Adobe products for my software. I have the Adobe Creative Cloud Suite, which, <laughs> funny thing about that is that I had bought into that months before I even started using any of the materials because I recognized how badly I needed it uh, back when the deal was being offered. It was a limited-time deal by Adobe that they were advertising, and I knew that I didn't even have the computer that was powerful enough to run the software at the time, but I still bought into it because I didn't want to lose out on the deal and didn't want to lose out on that software. So I was paying for that for a few months before I was even able to really download any of it and start using the software. But I do use Adobe's entire Creative Suite. Um, it's called the Creative Cloud. You pay into it monthly, and you get access to their entire line of programs. So you get Photoshop, you get Adobe Premiere, you get Adobe After Effects, Adobe Illustrator, the audio program, Dreamweaver for websites, Flash Animation, which is now Adobe Animate. You get the entire line, and I cannot recommend them highly enough. So that's what it takes for all of my video stuff when it comes to static images, title cards, making the video itself, uh, recording the audio. For the audio for my microphone, I recently traded up from a microphone that I had. This is funny as well because it kind of ties into the Adobe thing. Is I had bought my microphone on an impulse back when I was building my first computer. I had no idea if I was even going to need it. I just bought it. And sure oh, wow. enough, when the time came to start doing uh, videos for, uh, on Marble Hornets, I had the microphone ready to go, and I was so happy I bought that impulse. <laughs> but the microphone I'm using now, because the other one, it, it did its service for a while, but eventually it just started to break down, and I just could not keep with it anymore. But right now, what I'm using is an Audio-Technica uh, Audio um, AT2020 Plus USB. It's really a trade-off. I love this thing. It's got very high sensitivity, but it picks up on a hell of a lot more volumes and levels than it did for the one before. Nice. Um, now, uh, as, it, uh, as you started to create more and more videos, uh, you actually decided to create a format um, and decided to put your videos into sections. Uh, uh, was that all about timing for you? Or like you were saying, okay, I'm at a certain point now. I can start doing this. Because also, it was also the same when you started a Patreon. You said, okay, I think it's the time to open up a Patreon. And then that was successful. How did you come up with that? What what happens with things like that when, when it comes to the channel aspects and the different... Uh, some of my viewers call them shows that I have, which I suppose would be accurate. <laughs> if, if, if YouTube calls all their accounts channels, then these would be shows, I suppose. But... With each step of the way, one of the things that I've lived with and I've been raised with and I've, I've firmly believed is that when it comes to success in any measure, you have to earn your keep. You have to go beyond proving yourself capable and proving yourself worthy. Is you gotta, You've got to prove it and a half. So when it came to taking steps for the channel, like Patreon... I wanted to make sure that it was longer than the time that most would deem necessary. Okay, it's cool to make a Patreon now. I've been here for about uh, six, eight months. I wanted it to be over a year. And I, and I wanted to make sure that I had given people more 
than the assurance that they would regularly need in order to proceed with what I wanted to do. I, I feel like too many people just jump into gaining rewards for things or, or stages for things before they're ready. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's a problem that I didn't want to have. I, I wanted to earn my keep plus a half. As for as for having different uh, shows and, and and segmented things for my stages, when it, when it comes to my creative materials, I'm very organized in how I want to attack things. I may not be organized in how I keep things when it comes to physical <laughs> things lying around, but in, in terms of segmenting and organizing things, I definitely do that. I like to keep it all nice and orderly, and also just have for the for the channel for the different shows. Nice segmented experiences, things that you can categorize, where, where it feels like a different section of a house each time that you step into it. It just feels better for me that way. And I think it, it translates to the audience as well. I, yeah, I can actually agree to that. Cause, and, then, and you're basically a one-man show, too. The fact that you can do all this is quite amazing, I must say. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's I, I sometimes very seldom have help with physical things like don't hug me i'm scared but for the most part all the time it's it's the one man army sort of deal is i i do everything i do the research i do the writing i do the recording i do the audio which audio is the most difficult and time consuming part of the process and if i could get another person that i trusted for that in in the flesh to do that Oh, that would be a dream. But at the same time, I know that I, I would still want to do it myself. So that's that's how it, it, it really has been. It's been just the one-man army approach since I've started this to the point I'm at now. There's very, very seldom a time when I ask anybody for anything. And I hate asking anybody for help on anything just because I hate to put anybody out of the way. Yeah, I know the feeling. Now... Um... I know I've also heard from um, other people that one of the ways that uh, helps them gain more of an audience is through social media. Do you feel the same way or um... I, I absolutely do. Um, when, when you go into things uh, before you know the field that you're entering in, in terms of digital media, you think, why, why does this artist have a, have a Twitter and a Tumblr and a Facebook and a DeviantArt and all of these things? Why, why don't they just stick to the one platform they're on? <laughs> it's very simple. It's because the notification system that you're using for the platform that you release content on may mm-hmm. not be very good at spreading the word that you have new material. <laughs> like YouTube. Very notorious for viewers coming to your comment section and saying why didn't i get the notification about this <laughs> and it's simply because youtube <laughs> often fails at its job spectacularly so when it when it comes to getting the word out it feels really really good to have that power to know i have all three of these sites that people are power users on as their primary form of social media I may have people who they only use Twitter or they only use Facebook or they only use Tumblr or they use um, multiples of those. But one of them is their primary and they're on that all the time. They get notifications every single time. They're always looking through their feed on that. 
well, if I go ahead and I upload notifications that something has happened on each one of those feeds, that means that I get to the people who care about my content the most, that they're following me on those platforms. So Mm -hmm. even if the notification system does not work on, say, YouTube, or does not work right away, the people who are following me on the social media, I know for a fact that they're not just there as viewers, they're there as full supporters. They want to follow everything that happens, otherwise they would not be following the social media aspects. So if I go ahead and I give them first warning that something has come out, that's that's something that they've been waiting on, that's something they want. And I always want to give that to a viewer who's eager. Mm-hmm. And that's a smart way to look at it. Because I know some people who are like, no, I will not use Twitter. No, I, I won't use Tumblr. So um, uh, it's interesting when you say, no, no, try using all three because you can gain a bigger audience that way. Uh, yeah, because if you think about it, for instance, how many times have you personally been on Facebook or Twitter or Tumblr or something like that? And you get the notification that somebody that you follow who's a creator has done something there first before you even go to their main platform. Oh, that's it's always all the time, actually. Precisely. Precisely. It's it's where you're going to find your audience member first. It's about spreading the word to them as quickly as possible when something comes out because they're waiting on your material. It's not so much about numbers as it is getting them what they want to see and letting them know, I've made a new thing for you. Here, take a look. And knowing that they have received the message because on that platform where they're always checking things out, that notification will go through to them, even if it fails on the others. Actually, it's interesting. I, 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 like, I, I actually didn't think about that. Um, as someone who's seen been... Uh, been around YouTube for years and or watch YouTube for years. I never really thought that about that. Yeah. Sorry, I'm learning new things every day. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, um, now, uh, do you have any plans in progressing your show? And is there anything you're willing to reveal about that right now? Uh, yeah. Patreon gave me so much more power than... I thought I would ever get in terms of being able to strengthen my material and also open things up. I mentioned in my Patreon doing Nightmind Originals and also having the Creators Fund in order to help out other people who are making awesome things and help them grow and achieve what they want to do. While at the same time, having the funds to promote original ideas, maybe coming from me, maybe coming from an associate, but being able to put the money there to make it happen. That's always what it's been about for me, is that I've always had had the mindset that I don't need a lot. I just need enough to be happy and Mm -hmm. know that I have enough resources that I can put into art, that I can put into creative endeavors That's always been my thought process is that if I have 30% to cover my stuff, then I have the rest of the 70% of resources to apply to all these amazing things and just keep pushing awesome stuff out there. So that the Patreon really gave me the power to do that. In in the coming few months, as, as the funds build up from that, I'm going to have an amazing war chest to go ahead and 
make Nightmind Originals and support other people who are making awesome things and give them the help they need to make their vision a reality. Now, um, I want to also ask, uh, some people, when YouTubers will do the ad revenue route instead of the Patreon route. Uh, have you ever considered the ad revenue route or no? I do make ad revenue off the videos. <gasps> oh, um, I- it is it is the uh, primary source, uh, or it was before Patreon. Um, Patreon and ad revenue together is what gives me the power to go ahead and do all of these things. The only reason that I opened the Patreon was because I did not initially want to open a Patreon because I thought if I can make YouTube foot the bill for my existence, then I'm always going to make YouTube foot the bill for my existence. I don't want to take anything from my viewers. I don't want to make anyone even second guess about their funds or worry about anything. If things were going perfectly on the ad revenue route, I would have kept it that way. However, I did reach a point where I realized that the channel needed to grow and Mm -hmm. I needed to grow with it. And there were so many questions that came in every single month asking, when are you opening a Patreon? Let me support you. Let me help you out. That I knew that my feelings about it were not the same as the viewers. And when it comes to a decision regarding the channel, it always, always, always comes down to how the viewers feel. I'm just the host of the channel, and I make the material. The channel is essentially run by its viewers, though. They make Nightline possible. So with so much feedback coming from the viewers about Patreon, I look, I looked at my options, and I'm like, you know, there's there's got to be a sacrifice here. Either I need to take a risk here and grow or I'm going to be stuck fighting this battle with ad revenue for much, much longer than I should. And I'll have stunted growth that way. So it, it came to a head of growth needs versus my own insecurities about it. And growth needs won on with a lot of help from the viewers. And it was definitely the right decision. I'm, I'm still lord uh, about the response on Patreon. I, I <laughs> within hours they broke the first goal to set me free of, you know, the, the binds that had me each week. Within hours after that, they broke the second goal, and then we made two thousand dollars before I could even blink. It seemed like now we're up to three. And it's absolutely not. So, yes, Patreon was a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I'm glad I held out as long as I could because the point that I made the Patreon was a point of you either make it now or you can't grow. And that's the point I wanted to wait until, until there was absolutely no other choice because inconveniencing people, even even if they tell me that it's not an inconvenience, it, that was always my main concern. Well, we probably sh- uh, it's actually near the time where I should wrap this up. Um, do you have any last-minute advice for those who would want to become YouTubers themselves? I do. When it, when it comes to YouTube, one of the things that I see a lot of that I, I think hinders channels is that people want to make a YouTube channel, and they want to have a successful YouTube channel, But 
they don't really know what they're passionate about or what they're building the channel for. I see a lot of copycat stuff done, especially in my field of web series. I see a lot of people who are inspired, might not be the right word, but they make things that are very clearly influenced very greatly by stuff that was just popular or stuff that's always been popular. And instead of being influenced to create something all their own, they create what can be considered imitations or mimics. When it comes to YouTube, do three things. First, do something that you are truly passionate about. Do it for the passion. Do it for the love of what your channel is going to be about. Not because you want to be a YouTube celeb. Not because you want that internet money. <laughs> Figure out what it is that you love and what you want to do. And go after that for your channel basis. Part two. If the field that you're passionate about is oversaturated with a specific type of channel, figure out what hasn't been done yet. Look for the holes. Look for the videos that you cannot find. And you make those videos. Because if you make them, then you will be the source that people come to to get that material. Three, do something original. Make sure that it's as original as you can get constantly. Because on YouTube, you're going to be fighting a constant battle of competition if you don't do something original. If you don't fill a hole that has not been filled already. If somebody's taken over that territory over there, and five other people moved over there because that person's had success, and then you go over there to try and <laughs> fight the battle, you're fighting against seven other people there. Six or seven other people who are all trying to do the same thing. Whereas if you find your own plot of land where nobody's built anything yet, then you will be able to grow something and become the same kind of tower that attracts other people to that spot. Be that tower. It might be scary because the success hasn't been proven already. You can't see the formula for success proven by other YouTubers who have made it there. But that's what part of the adventure is about. So those three things. Find something that you're passionate about doing. Find something that hasn't been done in that field. And be original in your approach. Those three things. Carry that with you when it comes to developing an idea for a YouTube channel. Damn. Um, wow. No, uh, where can people find you? Uh, I, let's uh, end it there. Uh, where can people find your work, Nick? Uh, they can find me on YouTube at the channel Nightmind, N-I-G-H-T-M-I-N-D. Uh, no strange spellings there. <laughs> it's just literally night and mind, um, two separate words. And from there, they can find all my other social media. Uh, I've got the Twitter, the Tumblr, and the Facebook. I'm on uh, Harumino, and of course, I am now on Patreon. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. That Your advice has been amazing, I must say. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me and <laughs> thank you for the compliment. I just, these are, these are the few things that I have learned and I'm going to keep learning. So I'll share what I know as I, as I get information, but this is all I know about it now and I'm glad to share it. I appreciate it. Absolutely. 
This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.